There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. Now we all know that time travel is bullshit. I mean, if it were possible, then people from the future would travel back to the now and tell us it's possible, surely. Anyway, if you could grab a blue phone box or get your car to go 88 miles per hour and travel back to any historical event, where would you go? Here's our ever-reliable fact hunter, Neil, with 10 time-hopping facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So here we go. Turkeys were once worshipped as gods in the 300 BC by the Mayans. Once upon a hang on. (laughs) Once upon a time, the famous conqueror Napoleon Bonaparte was attacked by bunnies. The emperor requested that a rabbit hunt be arranged for himself and his men. His chief of staff set it up and had men round up reportedly (laughs) three thousand rabbits for the occasion. When released, the bunnies attacked the men. The Titanic's owner never said it was unsinkable, contrary to popular belief that he did. (laughs) Cleopatra wasn't Egyptian like we all thought, she was in fact Greek. President Richard Nixon was a very accomplished musician. He played five instruments in total, piano, saxophone, clarinet, accordion and violin. President Lincoln is in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Before the 16th president took office, Lincoln was declared a wrestling champion. The 6.4 president had only one loss amongst his 300 contests. Cars weren't invented in the USA. They were invented in Europe by Carl Benz and Emil Lavasa. And Columbus didn't actually discover America. That went to Leif Erikson, who landed on American shores during the 10th century. And Henry VIII introduced a beer tax. The cost of the tax depended on the social status of the man with the beard. Ooh. (laughs) And secret service agents in the First World War would use semen as invisible ink. Of course they did. (laughs) 
Likely story. Uh, yeah, yeah, and of course you'd find that it's fact. Just, it's just for invisible ink. It's for invisible ink. Yeah. <laughs> I swear it is. Swear just it. the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. That's all they are. Ah, uh, so welcome to the top ten of anything podcast. Uh, we're here with uh, our fact hunter Neil. Hello, Neil. Hello, Pav. How are you? Oh, very well. And we are joined by producer extraordinaire, the one and only, not that one. Amanda Redman. Yay. If, hello. Oh, God, it's so nice to see you guys. How oh, exciting that, you know, you're starting this uh, new venture together. I think it's well, a beautiful thing. You know, oh. well, uh, it, it, it feels like a beautiful thing. And then Neil had to ruin it, ruin it with a load of a semen talk coming. <laughs> you know, like I said, I just bring the facts to the table. Yeah, Ooh. don't shoot the messenger. I, no. I, I would like to go back to the first one as well. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever sort of watched videos that people have made. Um, supposedly, they're time travelers. Um, and they've got their warnings. I've watched a few of them on YouTube. And it's so weird that they've gone back to like 2016 and they didn't go, do you know what? In four years, guys, um, just, you know, I, I just you might have to stay at home, buy shares in Zoom. Do you know what I mean? They didn't mm. sort of like for, you know, it's like, well, thanks for the warning on this shit show, mate. And, you know, so, yeah, yeah. So I think time travelers are just inherently very selfish people. Exactly, yeah. and of yeah. course we've been through one of the a major historical event, and they won't. Have, oh yeah, let's yeah. just dismiss but the them thing all I will straight say, away. I, when dealing with my top ten today, well, we're doing historical events that you'd visit if you had a time machine. Now I went with the proviso that you can't actually change anything when you go back. I've right. done it where you are basically just a viewer, so you are. It's almost like it's VR. You are being plopped into mm. a into a uh, situation mm. and you can't interact with anybody you can't change the course of history that's right, the way right, I right now, I, I mean know. I've I've I... mainly done that but I've I've uh, there's a couple where I am actively I'm going back in order to to do something but right. I'll take okay. yeah okay. um but but we'll obviously get to that but I think but for the most part yeah I'm just going to have a look so mm. yeah yeah. Okay then. Um, let's start with you, Amanda, and your number ten. Okay, my number ten. Now, what does the name Guy Goma mean to you guys? He's Guy... not the singer of Elbow, is he? Goma. <laughs> no. Guy Goma. Now he he um I think it I think it's I think it's a full sixteen years ago now. Now he made television history really um, by. I mean, he was an he's an icon. He was the gentleman who was ushered on to uh, BBC News at lunchtime oh, when he, was... he went for a job interview and they asked him, obviously, some some researcher um, went down to reception and said, are you here for the interview? And he probably said, yeah, I am, because he was. And then um, he got ushered in and he had makeup put on his face and then he got popped in front of the cameras and asked all about um, Apple and their their um, vision for the future. And he answered every single question absolutely fantastically. Um, but the job interview that he went for was as, um, to work in IT. He didn't get that job. He didn't get that job. So I want to go back and I want to give him a better job. And I want to give him the job as BBC correspondent for Apple or... <laughs> or as he put put it when he um he said that you can go to a super cafe and you can see and you can download the internet 
that's what you said and that was true you could go to a super cafe and I think that that's an amazing word for you know way to name an internet cafe how much how much more fun is that I'm off to the super cafe um, yes yeah. please yeah so I would have it's given not just him a cafe it's a super cafe it's a super cafe <laughs> so and he said you can go, you can go you can do anything and he's right about that and he um yeah, that I don't think that they really noticed that it because it was the it was another it was another guy called Guy as well. Um, it should have been a, um, another bloke called Guy Cuny. Yes, I do know a lot about this because I do watch <laughs> it, and also I'm Facebook friends with Guy Goma because wow. um, when I was working on a radio show at Absolute a few years ago, we were obsessed with Guy. Goma and we actually wanted to write a biopic about his life the event because I think it would work mm. as a feel-good film yeah it would like work Eddie the Eagle kind of thing yeah exactly exactly so um so I befriended him on Facebook because the presenter of this particular show was leaving and I thought it'd be great if Guy um gave us a a, a message um, but he accepted it too late. But I am still friends with him on Facebook. And just so you know, Guy Goma fans, his birthday is Boxing Day because obviously it comes up on my Facebook. There you go. There you go. Wow. Yeah. That was one name I wasn't thinking that I was going to be writing down tonight <laughs> is Guy Goma. There you go. Right then, Neil, you're number 10. Please don't judge me for this, but Caligula's emperor reign from 37 AD to 40. Oh, blimey, AD. now. Now, I just, I don't want to partake for obvious Back reasons. Back to semen again, go on. No, yeah. <laughs> but I do want to go and see if they were really as wild, his parties and his dinners and everything, that they, you know, history tells us they were. I, I just, I'm intrigued to know if it's true or not. And that's why I want to go and look. And I can't partake because I don't want to change the course of history. So there you go. But, you're, but then again, Neil, you're quite happy just watching, aren't you? I mean, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes why I was going to say they're just they're just looking. Doesn't make it sound you know any more innocent. I'll be peeping I have to behind say. the curtain, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I just I'm intrigued to know whether they were as you know as out there as they say they were, or whether it was just complete hokum and normal everyday affair. I think that'll go with any of the, like the far away historic events, isn't it? I think a lot of it, uh, uh, the majority of mine uh, that are in past, real past history, mm. you basically think of whatever movie has been made about it. So that's where you draw your references from. Yeah. And that's where, I, that's where I would be fascinated in regards to that. So, so you wouldn't want to be Calig Caligula then. You just no, wanna... not at all. Oh God, no. <laughs> no, oh, Christ, you, you no. just want to just. Uh... I just want to. I just want to be that voyeur <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, my number ten. I'm going back to 2500 BC uh, and Stonehenge. Um, um, I also have this on my list as well. Okay. What number have you got mm. it on your list? I um, have it on my list as. Oh, um, nine. Number nine. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, we went to Stonehenge earlier this year or late last year. And it's one of those things where I wish at that moment I had a time machine that I could have gone back because, again, they, they have an idea of how it was built and how the massive stones were transported. But just thinking of those people in those days when they wake up thinking jesus christ we've got to move these goddamn stones how are we going to do it 
uh, it just it fascinates me in the fact that just a simple structure like that has so much history and so much but like going back thousands of years not just you know it, you look at where we live we have a church that was built in 1400 i know that because i was in the play at school called 1400 about the building of the church always struck me this what did you play what was your, what was was, your part? Was a, he was, was the church peasant. i was a peasant no i was a oh. peasant <laughs> Yeah, where I had to use, I had to wear my mum's pixie boots because I didn't have any of my own, and they were too small. You didn't have your pe- peasant shoes handy. I didn't have my normal <laughs> peasant shoes handy. I was only, I don't know, it was 11, 12, 13 maybe, and it was a, yeah, it was a written by the the people, you know, the the music teacher in Sirencester. Nice. All about, yeah, it was it was terrible. Done at the church, actually done at the church. It was. I think that sounds absolutely. Brilliant, by the way. I'd love oh, to well, see the pictures. Yeah. yeah, there aren't any pictures. No. Yeah, you say <laughs> that. You say um, that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's just one of those places that is steeped in history. And not the surrounding areas where a lot of the, the burial, I can't remember what they're called, but the burial grounds are around there as well. Um, it's a fascinating place. Mm. Um, so so yeah, so it's your number nine then, um, yeah. Amanda. And it's, it's, you know, I'm from that part of the world originally. Originally, my hometown is not too far away. It's a place called Warminster. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's a stone's throw. It's a, it's a stone's throw away, guys, um, from Stonehenge. So I grew up just having them kind of just there, always on journeys home and things like that. So they were just always kind of like, you know, in the middle of that plane. And um, I think I just want to go back as well, just kind of, just to go, guys, okay, it was a clock and <laughs> it looked like this. Here's a photo just because of, you know, because the th- there were more stones as well. Mm. And there, there was a few more stones than the ones that are there today. Obviously, some of them have fallen over. Uh, and also, but just up a few metres up the, 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 the um, plane, you've got Woodhenge. Now, have you been to Woodhenge? Did you no. go there on your visit? No. So it's... Not as impressive <laughs> because there's none of the wood left. So, oh, but right. it was it was the same structure near enough, but made of wood. And all they've got now are just literally just a few posts going. There is a bit of wood there. There was some <laughs> there as well, a bit of a log there. And I think they could have they could make a bit more effort and recreate it properly. But they probably don't know what it looked like no. they've just got some evidence that there being a wooden structure there that emulates what was happening at Stonehenge so I kind of think that maybe you'd have a practice run first wouldn't you you'd probably go let's do it out of wood first and then we'll see if we're going to lug these big stones from Wales because they're a long way so oh my you'd probably do that first so I think I'd like to see Woodhenge in all its glory and I'd like to go back to see exactly how, how you say, as, as you said, Pav, to see how they got the stones there, um, what it was used for, and what it looked like, just so I can just put all of the chatter to it to rest and just go, guys, it's, it, this, is how it, this is how it was. This is how it was done. Let's move on. Yeah, completely. Yep. Uh, right, and Neil, you're number nine. Go to 9th of February, 1961, to see the Beatles' first legendary performance at the ca- uh, Earth Cavern. I'd love to have seen this and uh, just be there. Um, and anybody who likes the Beatles or loves popular music probably would feel the same. But yeah, I think so. I think that'll I be think, epic. I yeah. think the ca- cavern is one of those places that you have, I have in my mind as this 
magical place. Yeah. But then when you have you, have you obviously been to the the museum? No, I've never been. Uh, never done it. Yeah. In in the the main the, the Beatles museum, they've got like a I think a life size recreation of the cavern, and it is tiny. Yeah. It is absolute. When you think you would have had a four piece band in there <laughs> and people. It would have been. I, I just think it would have stunk. It would have been so smelly with all those horrible little teenagers there. With all, oh, it just would have been terrible. Would you not and, have enjoyed to have seen that iconic performance though? Oh, it would have been amazing. But you wouldn't have known it was an iconic performance at the time, would you? That's the thing. well, no. But that's yeah. why I'm going back to watch it because weren't I am they, now, um, isn't it? weren't they on it lunch times? Weren't they kind of lunchtime gigs as well? Yeah. Weren't they? Because yeah. you know, people said that they used to. Go, go off on their lunch breaks from school and go to the cabin club. And I think Scylla Black would have been there. Yeah. Because Scylla Black was obviously from the early days as well, wasn't she? And you'd have she had, was. Like, there was a, I think you'd have had a bit of a crossover, like with people like Jerry and the Pacemakers and things like that as well. You'd have had to have kind of, and I've seen them live. I had to go and see them at Butlins with my parents, <laughs> but like in the 80s, so, you know. And um, so I think you'd have had to kind of go through some other acts that maybe wouldn't have excited as excited you as much maybe but yeah it would have been also, amazing though yeah i mean yeah. to be there to have actually been there was it have been as an iconic performance it probably just would have been a performance wouldn't it when you were there and just said oh they were very good but it was pre ringo star as well of course yeah, oh, right. right yes yeah yeah, yeah. And it's also weird because you look at um I've, you go down the street where the actual cavern is and the cavern of today is over the it's just like a pathway. It's like an alleyway, mm. and the 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 original cavern that, that the Beatles would have played in is over the alleyway, the opposite side where the cavern of today is. Right. But you you do you walk down there, and it does you transport yourself back to what it must have been like in the early sixties. How much of a hive of excitement mm. it would have been, because like you say, Jerry and the Pacemakers were massive in the day. Yeah, they were. They, yeah. You know, yeah. I think they were the first band to get three number ones for their first three songs. Wow. Um, which I think I think um Frankie Goes to Hollywood did um followed. Oh, yeah, didn't they? Um but yeah, so I, I can totally totally understand. Yeah, um, it, I mean modern music, you were seeing it change. They yeah. were seeing modern music change. Some people will argue not for the best, but well I certainly think it was. But it's weird you say that, Neil, because my number nine is the 30th of January 1969. The Beatles rooftop concert well, at Applecore, Three Savile Row, London. So, I nearly picked. I nearly picked that myself, actually. But yeah, that's yeah. What what an amazing day that would have been. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, imagine you're just walking to to work with your bowler hat <laughs> on and your and your umbrella, <laughs> and you. I say, what's that up there? Oh, it's those long-haired oaks. What are they doing up there? Making noise. Damn you! <laughs> um, I can imagine if you were just like sat on that rooftop or sat in the office block over the way and all of a sudden the Beatles pop up and are, are playing on the top of their, you know, their roof. It must have been un just unimaginable to see them because they, they, they'd stopped playing live at this point, hadn't they, for yeah. a good few years. Yeah. Um, so the fact, and I can't wait to see that um, Peter Jackson oh, uh, no. um, film that he's got coming out of all of the, like, find footage of them recording. It was the Get Back L and let it be. Called, it? Yeah, but it's, it's it's called Get Back, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. 
It's the Let It Be album, isn't it? Yeah, is I it, can't, is it I, not the original film they did and he's got all of that and redoing it all? When he's found that it was like 60 hours of Really? Mm. Yeah. Wow. And, and they're obviously making it, upscaling it to 4K and um, making the sound amazing. Just the, the trailer that you showed, it was like it was yesterday, but it shows yeah. them like without, how you haven't seen it before where they're all laughing and joking and John Lennon like, playing around and I just love those kind of things because you've seen the photographs so many times mm. and then when it's the same as like when you see Elvis backstage or when he's just mm. messing about with people that they are human beings and they like having yeah, a laugh yeah. you know it's not just all about being on the stage or, or whatever so not being a rock star it's the, the human being sort of Exactly. Behind all of that, you know, yeah, but behind I'm, I'm the sure performance. And... The Beatles, uh, there'll be times when they're arguing, and I love seeing that sort of stuff as well because it wasn't always plain say with any band or any yeah. artist. There's always that, that negativity or sort of just that little bit of an angle where they've got that frustration or whatever. I, I can't wait. So, yeah, that's my that's my number nine. Um, Amanda, you're number eight. Okay, my number eight. We're still on the music vibe here. I'm oh. going to go back to an event in my lifetime just because I'd like to enjoy it again. Um, it was 19, Glastonbury, 1993, when Pulp um, headlined. And they did it because the Stone Roses had to pull out because um, one of them broke their leg. Right. should know which one, but I can't remember now. Now, I was the only person, I think, that was thrilled that that had happened because... Pulp were my band of the 90s. They, I was just, I was obsessed with them. I just thought they were the, just amazing. So then when they had the hit with Common People and when, you know, I was already going to Glastonbury and then when they um, were suddenly headlining it, it was just epic. And I think I was so, I mean, there were several reasons why I can't remember it fully, but I think also I was just sort of so fully sort of like in awe and just just thought the whole thing was so incredible that I, I probably didn't take it in as much. So I would really like to go back and just watch that again and just be sort of a little bit, you know, you know, being a bit older, just sort of being on the sidelines a bit without needing to be in the middle of it all. You know, I don't know, just kind of just just soak it up a little bit more, mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So when they hit big, did you feel a little bit sad in the fact that like your band was being shared now with like weirdly, weirdly, no, I didn't because it just felt like such a groovy time. Um, it just sort of felt like I was vindicated, really, for good music that I liked being sort of popular and mainstream. I liked switching on Radio 1 and hearing the music that I liked. I enjoyed that. I liked it being a part of the popular culture. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I still always like bands that, you know, we're not going to ever be in the, in you know, you know, appearing, you know, on main stages and things like that. But uh, I liked, I, I really enjoyed the 90s for that. I really enjoyed the fact that there was just so much um, just good music at the forefront of everything and I'm, not just Britpop and whatever you know uh, you know dance music as well you know rave and all of that it just was such an exciting time for music and there was just so much amazing stuff around and it just you know it just in it again I think that all of that kind of changed the course of music forever as well so mm. I just yeah I just really like to go back and have a look at that no, have you met Jarvis Cocker or any of them? I don't know. I have met many 
celebrities and I've never met Jarvis Cocker and I think I would lose my shit a little bit <laughs> I don't mm. there's certain people that there's certain people that I I sort of think no I shouldn't I should probably shouldn't meet that person mm. I think I'll just Neil's, I think Neil's I'll just, just saying that because he has met Jarvis yeah here Cocker. we go here we go so go on tell me <laughs> the most me. bizarre place you probably imagine to meet him at go an on. ACDC concert really yeah yeah I've got the wow. photograph on my phone and he chatted with his wife or girlfriend and she insisted that she take the picture and everything That's and he was so such lovely. a gentleman he was amazing so I would honestly say meeting because he was such a legend and so giving well my friend met him when he was a waiter in a restaurant <laughs> and I did, and Jarvis was not rude or anything like that at all like just I mean I would have been devastated if I'd have heard that he's rude to waiting staff because you know that's like you say mm. he's a gentleman but I think um my friend um he's Australian probably got his back up anyway you know he's like one of those sort of that can be a little bit sarcastic and he asked for it I think he'd been a bit sarcastic towards him as a waiter and um asked for it and he, my friend's name's Lachlan and um he asked for his autograph at the end and he, he said to Ladyland which I just thought was brilliant and I can't yeah. remember and he put something really sarcastic <laughs> after that and I can't remember what it was now but um but yeah I just think that I would probably I don't know I just probably just start just, just, I don't know, yeah. just going on about Glastonbury 1993 or whatever. Oh, but like I say, he was, he was very giving. I mean, what, I must have chatted to him for about 20 minutes, I think. Really? Yeah. And then obviously he got on his motorbike with his, well, his moped, I should say, with his wife or girl. I was going to say, I can't imagine him on a motorbike. <laughs> no, a moped. The two of them got off and shut off and it was amazing. But yeah, he'd been to an ACDC concert. Wow. Where I was at as well. Uh, very bizarre. A man of many oh. surprises, both you and Jarvis Cocker. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Yeah. <laughs> right then, Neil, you're number eight. Uh, the turn of the 1900s in Detroit, USA, to see Harry Houdini live. Oh. Um, I I just want to see if this man is as mystic as the books tell you and the TV tells you and everything. You know, they still say that he did um, tricks or illusions that people still can't work out to this day. Um, I just... I find it fascinating. I don't know about you guys, those sort of... Yeah, I don't think... Illusions. He wasn't a particularly mystic, was he? Because he spent a lot of his time trying to um, prove a lot of these psychics and mystics well, were, yeah. were false. The way, I mean, he, I was, say he was a magician, wasn't he? Yeah. Some of the stuff that he performed, to me, would have been mystic to watch. You know? Did he ever do anything with Niagara Falls? Was he one of... Did he ever do anything like... Did, wasn't he one of the barrels? Um, yeah, he, I think yeah, he was a barrel, yeah, yeah. one of the barrels, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, which which is a bit of a, I think you know, stunts like that. The date, sort of the David Blaine of his day, although well, I don't David think David Blaine, Blaine really holds a candle. If I'm he honest. does, doesn't he? David Blaine <laughs> says that you know he tries to emulate and be like Harry Houdini. He does that now trick where he can swallow live animals like fish, keep them down in his wherever gullet somewhere, and re regurgitate those live things well that was a houdini trick <laughs> right and right. Um, um david blaine has openly taught that it's taken him years to be able to do it oh years. just think of the mess of all the attempts it just doesn't make thinking about those doesn't like practicing and that and everything that... <laughs> but yeah. th those is you know the way you used to escape from the uh, those um chains and all sorts of things and safes and everything allegedly that he would even encourage the safe makers to bring the safes to the show and he would get in there without pre-checking it and still get out. Wow. 
So wow. And isn't it right? He, got, he, he died from a sucker punch, didn't he? Apparently. Well, some is people that, say right? he got peritonitis, which is a stomach complaint. Some people said it was from that because he could take a cannibal, a bit like Homer Simpson, <laughs> into the stomach <laughs> um, and things like that. But they don't know whether it was the punch that killed it or whether it was an underlying thing anyway. So it's a bit two schools of thought on that. Oh, right. Okay. But they, if you were there, look, you'd be able to yeah. find out. You'd be well, able to tell us, yeah. You'd be able to tell yeah. us. Right, my number eight is the 14th of October, 1066, the Battle of <laughs> Hastings. I just want to be in the middle of a medieval battle. Right. And see if it is like Game of Thrones or if it is. I, I just want to see what it's like for real. Are you yeah, um, no, not particularly. I mean, things like you watch Braveheart or Game of Thrones or any of those kind of movies, it is just a mess, you know, gladiator mm. and everything, and heads are being locked off. And I know that I, I listened to a podcast ages ago and they were saying that a lot of the time you would be fighting against people from your own side because everybody would get muddy. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't realize who was fighting who, and mm. you know, you'd end up Brutal. knocking off the arm of your friend or something. But you could, uh, it's just because it's been in movies and tv for so long i would just love to know what it had been how close that is to an actual full-on balls out battle and just what it would have been. i imagine it would have been horrendous and scary mm. and you know there would have been things flying about everywhere but well a lot of the time they say that when they hacked with the sword they never ever went right through so it was a lot of yeah, well, their still swords would have been fairly blunt as well, mm. really. I mean, it's like the way that they, you know, they weren't made in a factory to certain, you know, standards. And, no. You know, they're just kind of fashioned and and, <laughs> and sharpened on a rock a bit. Yeah. And, and then, you know, just like if you've been hacking away for a couple of hours, it's yeah, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna lose its blunt edge, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I I nearly picked that myself because of the Bayer tapestry, just to see yeah. how true the depiction was on the Bayer tapestry. And just how um, how that became as well, because it's a bit like all you men have all gone and killed each other. We're just gonna do some sewing about it, (laughs) 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 just to show you what silly, silly boys you are. Yeah, it's like it's like (laughs) photography of the time, isn't it? You got all these women on the side of the battle trying to. Um, so as quickly as they can, just stay there. Hold it like that. Hold it like that. Well, Well, King Harold. I was going to say they caught King Harold's arrow to the eye. Very well. Yeah, but wasn't that? Isn't isn't it that supposed that didn't happen or something? That's that's a myth. But Pav would be able to tell us. Pav would be able to tell us. He'd be able to tell us. Well, I have no idea. I must admit, I didn't (laughs) look into that. I mean, again, another podcast I was listening. They were saying in regards to what happens the actual event to what happens in history, it gets passed down so many times and so many times, even Mm. if it's written down in history, people will elaborate. People will add little bits. People will, do you know what I mean? It's even, even if you go back to, it's like, if I, well, like, as you said about pulp, there may be things that you might remember from that day. There may be things that like that Mandela effect where you might add a few little things in from other gigs that never actually happened on that day. And I think if you go back a hundred years, 200 years, 300 years, people will add little bits. And that's why I think it's fascinating. If you could go back to see exactly like the Bayer tapestry, how accurate is that to what actually happened on that day? Mm. Uh, I don't think that goes with any of the um, historical events, but but yeah, that's um, that's uh, just a, also, a battle. 
just as a little add-on, if I could go back to another point in my life, it would probably be visiting the Bayer Tapestry when I was on a school trip uh, to Fleur on the French Exchange because Warmth is twinned with Fleur. And so the Normandy beaches are very close to that. And just walked through the Bayer Tapestry like a bunch of little pricks going, yeah, yeah right. Uh, just walked yeah. around it. Idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah. why, why bother funding trips for kids like that? No, take me now. <laughs> yeah. And I will look at every single detail and really appreciate that. But no, yeah. absolute moron. Bunch and, of morons walking through, going, exactly. yeah, right, very and, nice. But, well, and it's massive stitch. as well. It's huge. Yeah. And every single stitch of that is a piece of history. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Okay, history's Amanda. wasted on me. Indeed. <laughs> You're number seven. Um, to go back to the Californian gold rush. Ooh. Yeah. To cert- well, I mean, obviously, I think that, I mean, when I look at, there's certain points, things that I haven't sort of gone with because I think, oh, it would have been horrible to have been a woman there. But, hey, <laughs> that's that goes to quite recent history as well. Like, you know, I think, oh, you know, that would wouldn't have enjoyed that, being a female in that situation. But if I could have been a total voyeur and not have to kind of, get involved at all I think just to kind of watch um that time and also if I was going to get involved to find a shitload of gold (laughs) (laughs) so that maybe I could pass on to myself and Yeah. yeah so but I just think it would be an absolutely fascinating time because America you know was the wild west and America was not and it's it it, when you look at UK history to American history it's obviously so recent but it's incredible to me that um a country like that is the world leader of a world leader literally sprang up kind of overnight really Mm. yeah yeah. i would i would not that i want other people to go and listen to other podcasts apart from this one but i would thoroughly recommend uh, a short history of narrated by paul mcgann and there is a an episode specifically about the california gold rush wow and the the I think the two guys that sort of started it off were the two guys that made no money out of it whatsoever. It is really? fascinating. It is fascinating. So one guy that found the first like piece of gold um, worked for another guy, and they sort of went off and told people about it, and then everybody came along. And the people that made the money were the people that sold pickaxes, shovels, buckets. They were the people that made a shitload wow. of money and then went mm. off and bought and, and bought property in like San Francisco and places like that. Amazing. Yeah, it, it is, it's a fascinating listen. It really is. So I would, I would Amazing. recommend that if you were. Uh, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise did quite well out of it, didn't they? <laughs> well, they did. They did. Did I watch the entirety of that film or did I go, oh, this is quite depressing and switch off? <laughs> I, think yeah. I, I think it was the latter. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think it was so the accent. Well. The accent. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think... I think I thought, oh, this is going to be all going. How long does this go on for? Quite a while. Let's switch yeah. it off. Yeah, it was it went one on of those for about two weeks. It was an it? epic. Yeah. It was an epic. Uh, right, Neil, you're number seven. Well, I just want to go back to 2500 BC and see the pyramids being built. The same oh. reason as you did with Stonehenge. Yeah, that's How the my. Frick did they do it? Yeah, that's my incredible. number three. That's my number mm. three. Just, I mean, I've never been to visit them in real life, but I've watched plenty of, um, you know, un- unearthing and untombing of them and all those sort of documentaries and just found it fascinating. 
and and to see the i mean has, has anybody seen them in the flesh has anybody been... unfortunately no i'd love yeah. it yeah, yeah that's it's on the list though i'd love yeah. to you know just... everybody i've spoken to that's been has said it's so impressive to see really it really is impressive to see so yeah i'd like to go to see how they really did torture those slaves into building that yeah. i think that's another because you know, again i <laughs> sort of thought of that and then it is just like that thing of because another thing that i'll I don't know if you want me to, but something I nearly put down was I really would have liked to have gone to see um, a real life like um, like hanging. Yeah, no, <laughs> and it's just mean. like then I yeah. think about it, I think no, you no, you wouldn't be scarred for the rest of your life. But yeah. but you know, but the same thing with the pyramids. I'm just like, oh, it'd be amazing. But wow, just the brutality of like exactly, of, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of, of how that was formed. Very close to putting like going to a guillotining. Like mm. in in yeah in France French, in the Revolution, the Revolution. Yeah, yeah yeah families um, used to go with their picnics to watch yeah. yeah and I will say that a lot of my events seem to go with carry on films for some reason <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why I've I just noticed that. <laughs> no, um uh with as with number seven i want to go 66 million years ago uh just to walk around and see the dinosaurs lovely oh, I've got that uh, yeah. number I, five you've got that number five have you yeah um i think it's just i've right from being a kid um uh when they had prize giving at school and i what i can't remember what i won it for achievement for something probably pixie <laughs> boots uh, this was in uh, yeah the junior school, and I won a book on dinosaurs, and it was one it was something I treasured. And then my mum and dad actually painted dinosaurs on my bedroom wall. Actually, it was, it was fantastic. It was so so good. But I I love dinosaurs. Mm. I think just again, it, a lot of it is you've envisioned because of things like Jurassic Park, and so that is your vision of what a dinosaur is. And it would just be amazing to sort of just see what real dinosaurs look like and how yeah. they acted and, and, and how they how... sounded as well because they can exactly. only guess what the noises were yeah. that they made when i was a kid um there was this on hgv west news there was an item um that a dinosaur footprint had been found and two i think i would have been about six um Oh, hopefully I was slightly younger, actually, because maybe this is a bit bad for six year old to think. But I was really freaked out and I was convinced that they'd found the footprint because there was a dinosaur walking around. <laughs> and when I went upstairs to my room, I was really I shut the curtains because I was convinced that a dinosaur's eye was just going to appear at the window. And so then um, I think I carried that with me for a few days until I had to sort of say, I'm really worried about this. Dinosaur. My mom was like. They've just found the dinosaurs been dead for millions of years. They just found the footprint yeah, yeah. of the dinosaur. The dinosaur is dead, Amanda. The dinosaur is dead. But yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Just, but just yeah, just sort of like see what how they interacted with each other as well. And exactly to see whether they looked like Pav said. You know, we see the bones and you imagine, and they've tried to recreate. But did they really look like that? Were they those colours? I mean, well, Barney yeah. might have yeah. got it right. They might have all been yeah. purple, you know. Yeah. And also, you'd want to go back with Doug McClaw, wouldn't you? He'd get you absolutely. Out yeah, he's right. the one that would he'd rescue you there. Um, or Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff <laughs> oh Goldblum. no, he's, he's too busy injured in the back of the wagon. No, he? that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, okay, then Amanda, you're number six. Okay, oh, uh, we're back to music. Um, 
I'm going, I'm going the other way from the Beatles. I would like to go back and see the Rolling Stones in Hyde Park in 1969. I don't mm. actually have the exact date here. I wasn't that thorough, sorry. But um, yeah, they played at Hyde Park 1969. And I just, but they were very much, I mean, there was another gig they did, which is a fascinating, there's a fascinating film, um, which I think it's called Give Me Shelter, which mm. is about the, the gig they did at the Speedway. And it where someone died, yeah, someone yeah, died. and I'm, that's why I wouldn't want to go back to that because the whole thing was so brutal. Because the Hell's Angels did the um, security, security yeah. and hate all the hippies. But what, I don't know if you guys have seen the film, but it is incredible. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. I mean, it's just like the it's bedlam, and mm. but the the way that they've got. It's such a well done film because they have the town planning meetings where they're going. So how many kids are we expecting here? They think, oh, I think about fifty thousand, and there was just like close to two million or something. And it mm. just so, but because somebody, and then you actually see the person who died in the footage quite yeah. a lot. And so I don't wouldn't want to go back to that. But that was the gig that ended the sixties. That was the gig that ended the, the the love peace era. That was what they was always heralded. But same year, Hyde Park, London. So it was just before, it was just before the end of the 60s. But I'd have made a day of it, obviously. I'd have been down Carnaby Street. Um, you know, I would have, you know, just like been around Chelsea as well, because Chelsea was the swinging, you know, that was the mm-hmm. hit place of the 60s. And I and I would have loved to have seen the Rolling Stones in their heyday as well. I think I would have really, really loved to have been there and sort of mm. soaked up the vibe of that. Yeah, that's yeah, a good I one. Agree. That is yeah, a good absolutely. one. Uh, good year, 1969 as well. Uh, oh, what is it? Why is that yeah. then? That's yeah, the year I was born. The year I was born. Yeah, I he was there. I was he was there. Like, yeah. Was there yeah. Uh, we're going back to semen again now, aren't we? That's all I would have been. <laughs> okay, then, Neil, you're number six. Sorry, right. Amanda. This date should resonate with you, especially, Pav. 22nd of November, 1963. Okay. JFK's assassination. Right. I yeah. want to know whether it was done alone. I want to see for myself, you know, whether it was just. The one shot, shoot, you know, shooter, or whether it was many and things like that, who was on the grassy knoll and all of that. Yeah, I want to see it. I've, I've always been intrigued. And Oliver Stone's got to blame for that with his movie, which is a great movie, although a lot of it's now been proved to be factually incorrect, mm. hasn't it? But yeah, it gets your mind thinking. And I'm not usually a great conspiracy theorist, but there's a couple of things that have happened in time that I really want to know the answer to because logically, it doesn't make sense and especially the shooting of jfk doesn't make sense at all so yeah i'm gonna say say more about it a little bit later on oh I wouldn't so gonna... oh okay <laughs> okay to, yes yeah i think yeah that's one that i i considered as well but again i was like do i want to see somebody's brains mm. getting blown out in front of me oh, probably yeah. not but if i was looking the <laughs> other way <laughs> if i was looking the other way towards that grassy knoll just to see if you know because they say it's the grassy knob but who knows if it was if you know there was anybody yeah. on that grassy knoll so yeah That's i think if i was looking the other way i'd be i'd be with you, you yeah know, yeah and see whether you can look at the book to, uh, store the, the um, place. yeah um Lee harvey oswald is whether you can see him up there or whether it's not i was just think it'd be fascinating to know fascinating to know 
we'll delve more into that a little bit later on. We will. Um, okay, yeah. my number six is uh, Roman Corinium in 90 AD. So I want to be exactly where I am now, stood right here, but 90 AD to find out what it would have been like living in this town when it was the second largest Roman town in Britain. Yeah, I think and that at one would have stage been, was wow. the capital of Britain. At one stage was the capital of Britain, yeah. I think I did a little bit of just looking around and it was quite a, a fortified town when it first was built, if you like. Mm. Um, and I, it would just be fascinating to see because we know that we have a, a bull ring or an amphitheatre. So we have the, the uh, what do they call them? The, well, it's, it's just basically hills, isn't it? It's, it's hills, a... but they call it something, don't they? The whoop de doops or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I'd love but to it, be there at the beginning of the whoop de doops just yeah. to see how they were formed. Yeah, but it's the place that, that like every family goes when it snows because it's perfect for for you know for snowboarding and sledging and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I would just it, think it would be fascinating to be able to be the place that we live and the place that I've lived all my life and see what it was like when it was like the place uh, in, mm. in Roman Britain. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, that is my number six. Right. Uh, Amanda, you're number five. 
Okay, my number five, it's kind of a ballpark time, really. There's no specific um, day, really, but the suffragettes were really on the rampage and setting fire to blowing up post boxes and things like that. I would really like to um, go and watch just some of the, you know, just some of the acts that they did and just, just clap and cheer (laughs) and say thank you. And, you know, and just, yeah, just to kind of really sort of, you know, again, I I mean, it's difficult, you know, again, I'm being a voyeur, but it'd be difficult for me not to want to get involved in that. And, um, but just sort of just see um, some of the marches and just, yeah, just kind of get involved in the suffragette movement a bit. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that you would have been a trailblazer at that time or do you think you would have been someone that would have just followed the the path that they were setting i think it would have been very difficult because like i probably would have been in warminster <laughs> so i don't i don't, don't know how much the suffragette movement um would have been prolific then that's something i really wished i'd been able to ask my great-grandmother but she died when i was 11 um, just you know, sort of before I knew anything like that. And she was born in yeah. 1901, so she she you know it's kind of unbelievable to me that I've got a relative within living memory who didn't have the vote yeah. uh, until she was 19. So it's just it, it's just it's just incredible to me, really. And or even it would have been later because women weren't given the vote; they were given the vote, but she wouldn't have been able to vote yet because she'd need to be 35. Wow. Um, but yeah, so but she. But it would have been, I, I think it would have been, I would have liked to have asked her about that, what she thought about it and what whether she was behind it or not. Because obviously it was a very, it was, I think you were almost sort of scared to kind of say that you're in support of that, really. Mm. Or and maybe a lot of women weren't because it was a scary prospect because mm. just being kind of the property of men, all of your, you know, you go from one, the property of your father to the property of your husband if you don't get married you're the property of another male relative and just kind of if you've gotten you've not been given any sort of you're not allowed to own property you're not allowed a bank account you're not allowed any of these things so it just like would have been actually been quite a scary prospect I think for a lot of women and that's why there were some women who didn't want it to happen who were vehemently Mm. against well Queen Victoria herself was the ultimate Queen well Margaret Thatcher of her day you know wanted to be the Queen Bee because mm. you know she didn't see a problem she didn't th- you know of course you don't love you know your yeah. head's on the money you know you're <laughs> all like, <laughs> like yeah weird that and everybody does what you say but you know even that you know even the head of state at the time who was a woman didn't was you know was an and was anti-suffrage so mm. and I just think how frustrating that would have been as a as a woman to that would have been you know you'd have probably probably had to keep it secret from the rest of your family if you were going to meetings if you were dropping leaflets around things like that it had to be quite an underground movement and and then it it got put on ice for many years as well for the first world war they agreed to to uh, to stop with their stupid nonsense Mm. (laughs) um because there was a world war so then Mm. you know that's that set it set it back a, a few years but i would have liked to have gone back to those uh, the, the days sort of between 1900 and 1914 at some mm. point and just gone to see some of the things that they did and and the achievements that they did from that as well and like i said just to just to thank them saying thanks 
for allowing me to be able to do what the hell I want. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all the sort of things that you take for granted these days, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's what it is. It's stuff. Mm. I think a lot of people would probably be good for them to go back and see that this is what exactly, you, you yeah. never had in like a hundred years mean, ago. Only a hundred years ago. And yeah. even less than that, because I think it was 1928 that women were given the full right to vote. Mm. So I think it was, you know, you've got given the same voting rights as men yeah. <laughs> in 1928. So it's not even a hundred years ago that things have been the way that they are. And already it's been so vastly taken for granted. And, you know, and I just want to go back and say, thank you. And it wasn't all in vain, mm. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Nick, your number five was dinosaurs. Absolutely. Uh, so my number five, I want to go back to that lovely sunny day in 1966 at Wembley. Um, back when football was just about football. It wasn't about millions of pounds. It was just about, and the fact that England actually won something. I think it would have been, I think my dad said that he saw it on TV Um to be there at that when football was about that it wasn't mm. about it was just about the passion of the game you know and about that the players were on a tenner a week or, or whatever it was which is probably still good or whatever for the time but it was all about playing the game it wasn't anything to do with image rights or um just any of the sort of bullshit that you get with football these days um i think it was just the pure version of the sport you know, it's and I, I've I've watched that game quite a few times where it was like been on TV and I used to like used to have it on DVD, and you only remember obviously the goals and the did the ball cross the line and mm -hmm. they think it's all over and all of those like sound bites, but to watch the whole game and it, it does take you there a little bit. But I think the atmosphere must have been amazing on that particular day so uh, the crowds back then were nearly pitch side weren't they with no barriers and, and yeah it wasn't hardly seat it was all standing i think yeah. you know, or they were just all stood up anyway a hundred thousand people there that's right um all oh. of the footballers having a cigarette yeah <laughs> like, yeah half time, yeah, half -time have a fag and a and pint yeah, and didn't a lot of them? I mean, I don't know about the I don't know about the England squad at that point, but I think a lot of players had other jobs as well. Like you said, they just kind of got paid. Some yeah. of them, they went, when they were talking during the Euros when England got to the final, somebody was on a phone in was saying that they they went down. England got to the semi final, so they went down to Wembley to see if they could get a ticket for the semi final, and they just queued up, bought a ticket. I think they got like two tickets for five quid or whatever it was. Um, and then they find out if there was any tickets for the final. They bought a ticket for the final on the same day. <laughs> and as they walked around Wembley, uh, Bobby Moore was just like leaning on the uh, on on wow. Wembley, having a cigarette. Wow! And he went up and just spoke to Bobby Moore, and he's saying that you wouldn't do that these days. You can't. A, you wouldn't be able to get a beer for a fiver, let alone a ticket <laughs> for a game for a fiver. You can't get but, a beer for a pub, for a fiver in a pub in London now, mm, let me exactly, tell you. So. Exactly. <laughs> so the fact that like they were accessible and they were the same as the, the fans, you know, they would yeah, yeah. to the game or walk to the game. You know, it was a completely, it was a completely different sport. It really was. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that would be one place that would be just amazing to go to. Uh, right, Amanda, you're number four. 
Uh, my number four, uh, again, I think going back to, to sort of being a complete voyeur, I'd really like to walk around medieval London in um, 1666, but the day before the Great Fire. Okay. <laughs> and just because the medi- mm. the city, to see the old St. Paul's Cathedral would be mm. incredible. Just, yeah. I mean, I think it's incredible that it's always sort of been standing there, but also to see the Tower of London as well. <laughs> it's just like, that's there. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything else that I would recognise. I mean, London Bridge, even the location of it has moved a few times mm. kind of up and down the river a bit. But I would really like to see, because the configuration of the streets are more or less the same um, in this in the city. But, in, but I would like to, to sort of see, because obviously there's, there's very few, there's no none of the structures exist. And I would mm. just like to see the, whilst well, so you go to other um, European cities, they still have a medieval part, at least, you know, they will still have a, a quarter of it that, you know, the medieval quarter or whatever. But in, in London, that that all just was obliterated mm. pretty much in that, you know, and the, I think the fire went on for five days and just, mm. and I mean, obviously it would be, again, I'd be willing to kind of like, just go, you want, want to go to the well, go to the well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, obviously, I mean, one thing that the Great Fire did do was a, a, did kill off the plague that had been, you know, but I think at that point as well, I, I mean, it was bad enough when we all thought the Millennium Bug was going to hit. <laughs> I yes. think, imagine living in 1666, you've got a plague. I mean, we think that this is bad, but all I've been doing is basically chatting to people as I am with you on Zoom and waiting mm. for deliveries. But, yeah. you know, but there's an actual proper plague where people are, you will die if you get it. And mm. you don't know how it's being transmitted. And there's a, f- and everything's raced the ground in front of you. You must have thought that the devil was literally stalking yeah. the earth. Yeah. I mean, it's quite an incredible sort of thing to think about. But I would like to go back to just before that happened and just have a walk around London and just sort of have a look at the streets. Or sit with Samuel Pepys in his window. Yes, sit with you sit see? with Samuel Pepys on, in Southbank. Yeah. yeah, and well, watch yeah, and um, on the other side, yeah, on the other side, he's in Southwark. That's it. Sit so behind you his glass. It all. Yeah, <laughs> he sat in a yeah, he sat behind a glass. He because he buried he buried his parmesan, wise man. I mean, you've got to, <laughs> he got it. He yeah, it was one thing. Yeah, it was his parmesan, and I forget what else, but just some other sort of yeah, bird's you know, eye but, view of it, and you could have yeah. a, sort of nick some ideas off of him from his diary writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or Why not? Could, Go down to Pudding Lane and tell them to put the cigarette out. They just say, just, yeah. just <laughs> and yeah, also frozen overnight. Blaming, blaming the uh, the maid as well. Like, oh yeah, sure. You know, I mean, it was probably the master of the house up to no of good. You know, but like, you know, he was the, probably the one that left the ovens on or whatever. But yeah, let's blame the maid, shall we? I mean, <laughs> that poor woman. She must have just felt mm. absolutely just wretched mm. after that. Yeah. Oh, dear me. Right then, Neil, you're number four. I'll take you back just over 2,000 years ago to Damascus and Jerusalem and have a little wander around and see if there really was a bloke called Jesus doing Ooh. his thing. Because I'd like to come back and either prove or disprove this. There we go, the David Blaine of the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
We don't know. We don't know. Was he real or was he not? You know, we can argue. I mean, I'm not a particularly religious person. I, um, I don't sort of believe in it. But I can't argue that there isn't anything, just like somebody can't argue to me that there is something. So we're on a absolute plateau of arguments there that nobody can decipher. So I would like to go back and say once and for all, yeah, he was a charlatan and he was a magician, or yes, he I... was the second coming. I think you'd have seen about 20 Jesuses all stood on boxes mm. just talking, just saying shit. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, a have. very popular name at the time, um, you know, wasn't, I think that blew my mind when I was a kid and realised that. I was like, it's a name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just this one person was called Jesus. It was, a, it was a, you know, like Jason. Yeah, you know, just like, yeah. Name. So, mm. yeah, I think, you know, but, you know, I'm just sort of, Thinking of you know life of Brian scenarios really. I was going to say he's yeah. the, the problem, Messiah, He's it? a very naughty boy. Yeah. <laughs> but you must you must have been able. I mean, I don't know whether you find it intriguing, but I would find it very intriguing to see whether it was a real thing. Uh, yeah. Or whether it wasn't. I, I really absolutely. Was. There's no doubt that there was a there was somebody called Jesus that may well have gone around saying that he was mm. the son of God. Um, but there must have been something about that particular person that meant he had followers but there are people that mind to that songs well, there are there are people that mind to songs that have got millions of followers on twitter right. and, exactly. and tiktok so it's just the tiktok of the day i think you yeah, know he was the guy doing content every day <laughs> for yeah. the views but live yeah. on the street um you know but I mean, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Neil. I'm not a religious person, but I think, I think it was the, it's, it is the Twitter and the TikTok of the day. Yeah, yeah. but that's the problem. You can't disprove either way. No, no. There's nothing you can no. do. So it's why I never engage into conversations with people about religion and things like that because it's, it's up to you. You believe what you want to believe and um, go absolutely. and believe it. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, maybe in two thousand years from now. They'll all be extolling the virtues of the the guy that used to walk up and down Oxford Street, saying that you know the protein guy that said that mm. protein was evil. Yeah, and he was yeah. he, he was he was there for a good 20, 30 years with his you know with his placard you know That's just right. basically saying that protein wasn't doing us any good. So maybe maybe in two thousand years. I can't remember. I think his name was Paul. I don't know. Yeah. But Paul the Protein no. Guy. Why not? Paul the Protein Guy. <laughs> Paul the Protein Guy. <laughs> they write books on him. Oh, dear. <laughs> right. Um, uh, number four for me is I want to go to the Colosseum in Rome. He's so bloodthirsty, isn't he? I want to go and see like proper gladiators doing their stuff. I want to see... Again, it was... You know, it went through my mind, but carry on, Pav. See no, what, well, why you want to go and see it. Like, to me, it's 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 the same sort of thing as like going to see Wembley in 1966. It's the equivalent of like ancient Rome. Of that, more, that's that's what people limbs would flying around. I know, but 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 well, we were playing the Germans. I mean, that's what yeah. limbs are flying around. Um, but I think it's that thing. It's what people went to for entertainment, mm. and I think. It's a different, obviously, it's a completely different time, a completely different world. But I just think I would love to go and see what it would have been like as that as entertainment. It's do you think a- you could literally stomach something like that as you are now? Do you really? Of course, of course. 
Because it would be entertainment, wouldn't it? You wouldn't. I don't think people watching it would have classed it as real because you're no, not. I know, but, but you would have. But you, like, as a as a twenty first century guy, I think that. You... Oh, Amanda, uh, that's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. Oh, you man. very much peaked in the 21st century. Yeah. So. Oh, well, that, that is true. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely true. <laughs> but, you know, I think I think Neil's right. I think that, you know, you've, you, if you go in with it, because that's one thing I was sort of thinking about, I think when I go with my, you know, soft 2021 20, head on and just go and see that, I just, I don't know if I could stomach any of it. I, I just, I just, yeah, well, I think, Things like you always go back to things like Game of Thrones and that. I mean, that's that's quite gory. And how much different would it be if you were watching that or if you were watching something? Because it's not like you're watching it up close. You're watching it from a distance. Mm. So it would it, it would be like watching it on a film or whatever. Only it's like it's <laughs> surrounded. <story> would. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm um, on my own for that one. I, well, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> You can come back and tell me all about it. Don't worry yeah, about the photos. Yeah, yeah. Come back this quivering people... wreck. You're yeah. just being like completely white, shaking. Be, yeah, the people around me, I'll be going, this is nothing like Gladiator. This is absolutely <laughs> rubbish. You're not seeing anything. Where's the tigers and all that? Uh, okay, Amanda, you're number three. Uh, my number three is to go back to the D-Day celebrations in Trafalgar Square. Just kind of like, just see what that party was like. So I think that would have been... Oh, I mean, like just the release of that mm. would have just been incredible. Because again, a bit of me would really be fascinated with seeing the Blitz. Mm. I mean, I find it fascinating, you know, just that whole era. But just the just by but rather than going to the terrifying bit, I was thinking maybe if I just sort of go to the just the sense of relief. I mean, relief on so many scales. It wasn't mm. just about winning, was it? It was about a whole way of life. Uh, it, it was. It really was. You know. Uh, you know, we're the goodies. <laughs> for once, we were the goodies. Somebody else was the baddies. I mean, yeah. it's mm. a very much more ambiguous. I think from there, from that point on. But uh, I think just to go and see, just the relief on ordinary people's faces that they knew that that was all over i just think mm. it'll be brilliant mm. i very nearly put world war ii and events on my list and then i thought to myself why because both my grandparents uh grandfathers both fought in world war ii so i had a history lesson from the horse's mouth right yeah and it wasn't till my last grandfather who died here about five years ago who was a rear gunner in one of the planes for the most dangerous place, that he opened up and spoke about what he saw and the horrificness of it all, that he lost every single one of his friends oh. on a plane and things like that, that made me realise. And that's why I sort of thought to myself, no, I can't put World War II down. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird when you say about the sense of relief, because and this is, this is no way equating what we're going through now as the Second World War, but... You can remember when we had that that Freedom Day after the first like long lockdown, and mm. everybody was celebrating because we sort of got our freedom back. And you imagine how everybody felt relief at that point. The feeling there must have been on D Day, the mm. D Day celebrations, must have been that times a million. You know, yeah. with the you know with the fact that you you're worrying that your your house and your town or your city is going to get bombed and flattened and and it must have been 
horrendous because it's not just the fact that the the fight is hundreds or thousands of miles away every night the potential that a bomb is going to drop on you is is there every single night it must every night yeah and also just the threat that i mean you know they got us the nazis got as far as the channel islands so it's you know just that the fact that the uh, threat of invasion was over that people were going to start coming home yeah and also you could um you didn't have to do the blackout anymore that you could take off the the crosses from your windows, you know, the tapes, things like that. You could just sort of start living life in it. I mean, it would have taken, a, I mean, the adjustment after four years of that happening, you know, or six years of that happening would have just been just unbelievable, really. I think mm. it would have taken you a while. It's not like it would happen, or maybe it did for some people overnight, yeah. but I think that, you know, it would be, um, quite the you know just sort of forgetting that you know oh yeah you don't need to yeah actually I can shine a torch or I can you know, you know if I want I can get yeah and just sort of um, I mean rationing took yeah I mean my mum had a ration book when she was a baby so it took mm. rationing took years and years and years you know to but at least it was the start of the, you know you knew it was kind of the big you know the was it the, the not the end of the beginning, the beginning of the end, or you know, yeah. So you mm. knew that things were start gonna start to kind of get back to normal. And like you said, the threat of just like going to bed and not waking up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that being taken away, I think is, you know, pretty epic, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Right then, Neil, you're number three. Another music one. I'd like to go to Woodstock, please, the original one, and just sit back with the rest of the hippies and watch the show. Wasn't that 69 as well? That was a 69, yeah. Was it? What a year. Wow. It was. But yes, I've watched the film. I've seen everything about it. I just wish that sort of thing would happen again. But a peaceful one. When they tried to do it in 99, was it? 99, yeah. They tried to do it and it was a shit show, wasn't it? Yeah. Awful. Awful. But yeah, the original, just sit back, just enjoy the music and just enjoy the happiness. Everybody seems to be happy. I'm sure they were. In the air. Must have been something in the air. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, my number three was ancient Egypt. So we've uh, we've covered that. Uh, Amanda, then you're number two. Well, my number two is, again, I want to change history here. So I want to okay. go back. I can't remember what date it was. I can't remember what year it was. I think it might have been 2005, maybe, or might have been later than that. But I want to knock that bacon sandwich out of Ed Miliband's hand. Okay. Like, because <laughs> that is the catalyst. Him eating that bacon sandwich um, and getting that photo is the catalyst for everything that's going on now. Um, yeah, that that's that's it, really. I think that would have, I think genuinely we wouldn't have had um, a referendum. We, um, we wouldn't have the people... Can, you know pretending to run things that are running things now at a certain point covid would have still happened you know that that's that would have been so but we wouldn't be living in a place where um the i mean you know not I, you know i always get a bit funny with talking about politics but i really hate the government yeah <laughs> i really fucking hate them they're, yeah they're at the pits they're the worst um and they wouldn't just be in charge now and just making the situations that we're in just so much worse by just complete lack of 
care, empathy, planning, you name it. All they care about is lining their pockets. And mm. it's all thanks to Ed Miliband eating that bloody bacon sandwich in that weird way <laughs> because he was doing so well in the polls it really looked like that he was gonna win I wouldn't say that I'm a staunch Labour um supporter but I'm just I'm just whatever the Conservatives are <laughs> I will be I will be the opposite mm. so um if I could have it's if I could make it make that happen then then I would well, I don't even I'll... care if I'd get arrested for it because yeah. I probably would have got arrested for it and they would have everybody would have misunderstood me, but I'd have known, I'd have known that I was on the right well, side. Well, I'd of pay screen. for your bail, Amanda. Thank for you. Doing Neil. It. Thank I'd you. Be right do you, on do your you side. think that that's where the start of like style over substance began? I think so. I think so. It just, I think it was always kind of, I think that started with the Blair era, really. Um, you know, he was like I, the golden boy, wasn't he, Tony Blair, when he came and he was like... Yeah, it, I never it, never trusted that man. <laughs> no, but in, in appearance, what, he was like, oh, look at this young guy that's got like these new ideas and it's new labour and it's it's cool Britannia and it's all... I it hated was all, all that, of that. Yeah, it's all that whole thing. And then Ed Miliband came along and looked like Mr Bean. And, and I don't and, mind having Mr Bean as the Prime Minister. I'd rather that than, you know, an absolute, you know, clown. No. I, yeah. It just, like, yeah, I don't. Absolutely, yeah. It, my Prime Minister doesn't have to be sexy, thank God, because we certainly don't have that in, you know, he's not even, do you know, he's not even hot, is he? <laughs> well, he's not my type. I'll put it that I way. Mean, if I mean, he was even, if, even if he was like, if he was, that would be something, would it? But, God, you know, but yeah, I think the style of something, but I think that was really the point where it was kind of weird how public opinion could. It's like, well, he's incompetent. He can't even eat a sandwich. Look at him. Yeah. yeah but yeah. if they'd have seen me eating a sandwich, I wouldn't be allowed out on my own. I just, you know, it just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right then, Neil, you're number two. Uh, the moon landing. I would like to. Well, be on the moon. Yeah, with them to make sure it happened again. Oh, it's that was the in 1969. Of... That was what a year. Cool, what a year. What? Was it? I what thought that year. was. I thought that was a bit earlier. Was it in 1969? No, yeah, it was 69. Yeah, uh, yeah about so... a month before I was born. Whether I'd be in the control room at NASA or whether I'd be in a spacesuit myself bouncing around, I I just want to know if it's. I, I'm pretty certain it's real, but again, it's one of those. Why things... would you question whether it was real? You've got to. Why? Because everybody does. Because there's all sorts of conspiracies. We're you said really... earlier on that you're not one for conspiracies. Not one, yeah. But <laughs> so I want to come back and make sure and tell you, yes, it did happen. Why wouldn't it have happened? Why would it have happened? Well, because they wanted to go to the moon. <laughs> I believe it, but I want to see it firsthand. I, I know, but you, I do know what you mean. I, I, I fully, I fully support the theory that. The Americans went to the moon mm. fully, but I think that there's there's that argument because it was a race, and they haven't been back. <laughs> well, they, the, was, is, they said they, they didn't go back because there's nothing up there and there's no point spending all that money for nothing. True, well, they they have been back since the first time they went to the moon. Yeah, and again, I'm gonna. I'm, I feel like Paul McGann should give us a bit of money for this, but I'm gonna. They do a on the short history of. The space race they do one and the moon landing and again there's there's a lot of info there in regards to why there's so many people involved but also, yeah i know what you mean it would have to be a very happened. big meeting wouldn't it yeah it <laughs> someone would have said by now and that but and, also and, it's such a historical event i would like to see it 
firsthand. No, that's fair enough. You know, it's a it's yeah. a huge historical event, and but to I, be honest, I'd like to just see it. I know what you because I thought about this one. I know what you're saying, Neil. I would like to go back with the evidence to go. Shut up! It happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't see how they can't be. They've got the Hubble telescope that can see past our solar system. Surely there must be a telescope strong enough to see that flag on the moon. Is it still there? Well, all of the shit that they left there must still be there. No one's going to. All those go golf back. balls, yeah. yeah. And the 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 lunar. The, the lem whatever it is the, I don't know the, I mean I, do they have any sort of weather system up there do they have anything like that does the dust blow wind. over it all bit of wind, you know, I think. Bit of wind? Yeah. it's like a Russ Abbott song and it there's no atmosphere <laughs> <laughs> the antithesis of the Russ Abbott song oh, we just right. got the to answer two to the Russ Abbott yeah. <laughs> we just got right. to Pabs number two <laughs> yeah. no, my number two is straight back into carry on films uh, the court of Henry the eighth I would oh, love yes I would love to have spent just a day um, uh, I find out I, I obviously listen to a load of podcasts this was a different podcast where they spoke about Henry VIII and apparently for the majority of his life he was a wonderful um, good looking um, king athletic, a, a, yeah. athletic and then he did he have a uh, he had an accident a riding fact, accident yeah. yeah and then all of a sudden became this like 400 pound utter shit monster, yeah. <laughs> that's the one I want to see I want to see what it would have been like sat in the court of King Henry VIII when he was like that, like when he was a big shit. And I want to see what <laughs> I want to see what it would have been like and, and how close Sid James got to his portrayal of Henry VIII. I think Carry he got the Henry. laugh about right. I think, I think Henry yeah. VIII probably went. <laughs> but also, I'd like to see Pav in a big ruff. <laughs> I was, I, I've almost in his mum's pixie rug. boots, yeah. yeah, with his mum's pixie boots. <laughs> if I grow my beard out a bit more and just just over the house, yeah. I would have a rough. Uh, right, so uh, Amanda, if you want to count down your ten to two, okay. So, uh, do you want me to say the numbers as well? Yeah, I mean that would be helpful, well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Of course, it would, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> okay. At number ten, Digoma. Um, at number nine, the building of Stonehenge. And number eight, seeing pulpit Glastonbury, 1993. Number seven, the California Gold Rush. Number six, the Rolling Stones, Hyde Park in 1969. And number five, just generally being with the uh, suffragettes. At number four, a walk around medieval London the day before the Great Fire. Number three, the D-Day celebrations in London, Trafalgar Square. Number two, Ed Miliband's Bacon Sandwich. Okay. Leave you number one just for a sec. Neil, give us your 10 to 2. So number 10, Caligula's Emperor Reign and his um, shindigs that he had. Uh, number 9, 9th of February, to see the Beatles' first legendary performance at the Cavern. <laughs> number 8, uh, the to see Harry Houdini perform live. Uh, number 7, the Pyramids being built. Then we go to number 6, JFK's assassination. Number 5... Um, Number five is Dinosaurs Jurassic Period. And then number four is Jesus. Number three, Woodstock, the original one. And number two, the moon landing. Okay. And mine is uh, number 10, the building of Stonehenge. Number nine, the Beatles rooftop concert in 1969. Number eight, right slap bang in the middle of the Battle of Hastings, 1066. Uh, number seven, 66 million years ago with the dinosaurs. Uh, number six, Roman Corinium in 90 AD. Uh, number five, uh, the World Cup final at Wembley in 1966. Uh, number four, the Colosseum in Rome, 80 AD. 
Number three, ancient Egypt and the pyramids. Number two, the court of Henry VIII. <laughs> <laughs> You're quite a bloodthirsty guy, Pam. Let him carry on. Yeah, those bloodthirsty movies. <laughs> I know. Okay, uh, Amanda, you're number one. So my number one, I'd like to go back to November 1989 to Berlin, to the fall of the Berlin Wall, um, but specifically to see the Hof when the Hof yeah. sang, when the Hof did an impromptu concert at the fall of the Berlin Wall. I just think, um, you know, we're seeing the the end. I mean, the world just felt like it was finally getting its shit together. Mm. <laughs> it felt like we were finally going to all agree on stuff. It felt like, you know, the fall, communism hadn't worked, but hey, capitalism's great. Do join in. <laughs> I, what could possibly go wrong? And <laughs> the Hoff says it's fine. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I think just seeing David Hasselhoff singing, um, I can't remember the song. It was something like Break to Freedom or something Probably like that. Freedom, was it? wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good on him. And, um, but yeah, just seeing the, obviously the excitement of the crowd. Um, Cause I think a lot of the excitement was for David Hasselhoff as well. And I think that blew my mind as well. Just when I found out what, when we all found out what a massive star he was mm, in Germany. Huge in Germany. Huge, yeah. 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 Yeah, they should have made his uh, performance more interesting and started demolishing the wall as he was performing on top and he had to run along it quickly. (laughs) Yes, yes, they did. Yes, that's what they should have done. Yes, that would have that that would have been, yeah, that would have really put an edge on his performance. Maybe sing a bit quicker, but um, yeah, then obviously he'd have been running in slow motion like he is in. Or oh, you'd have had a car pick him up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very good, Amanda. That's a good one. Neil, what's your uh, top spot? So let's go back to 1977 and the release of Star Wars, especially at the Chinese theatre. I would like to be there in the audience, please. Simple as, no explanation required. I just want to be there on the day, the very first premiere. But that's with the knowledge that you've got now. Well, of course, that's why I'm going back. All right, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, there'd be no point, would there? If you had no knowledge of it, I was well, okay, let's well, go no, that because way. the thing is, Although, because then you've got the, the yeah for the first time. That's what I mean. All oh, right, yeah, no, I see what you mean. It would be nice to have experienced the movie for the very first time. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And yeah, get caught I, up in that thing initially, mm, like yeah. you know, just that initial buzz and going, Oh my god, this is amazing, rather than going, Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, you don't, I feel that you'd still get caught up in that buzz going back. What you know now of the movies, but you still go back and just the excitement. I, I'd be well up for all. I of would that. just. I would love to have that moment of when the lights go down and then it mm. goes, Duh! or the whole fanfare. You got the 20th Century Fox yeah. fanfare, and then the the blanket of of stars, and then that massive ship come flying over your head. To be able to uh, to be able to experience that for the first time again, yeah, I think would be worth having your mind wiped. Yeah, yeah. As long I'm as you can have the mind put back. Yeah. You want yeah. it back, please? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> for all my other memories that I've had, but yeah, I mean, I I never even put that in my top ten just because I I I think I would it would need to be that I've gone there without knowledge of what yeah. the movie was. 
rather than going like, as I am back there. Yeah, but great. still like to experience it all. It'd be great to experience that that night and to sort see of saying, the young stars and thinking to everybody, premiere. this is going to go massive. This is you're going to yeah. see this film like yeah, just seeing times. everybody arriving like you, you say. Put you some know. wages on back then. Mm. <laughs> wow, yeah, like Har- you know, seeing like you know Carrie Fisher, Harrison mm. Ford, and just see, yeah, just seeing them just sort of you know rocking up, and then that realization, the look on their faces must have been quite. Yeah, like, oh my they... god, I think we're going to be really famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The start of their infamy. Exactly. Everybody uh, right. smoking, watching the film as well. Oh, no, oh, that, that sit- is, yeah. Everybody's sitting there with it, the, you know. If you yeah. weren't, you know, if you weren't smoking, what was wrong with you? Yeah. I just get one yeah. of those big cigars, you know, like Cape Fear, and just sit and laugh all the way through <laughs> it, just to put my own spin on it. Oh dear. Right. My number one uh, was mentioned by Neil earlier on. Is number six, and I want to be. Slap bang in the middle of Dealey Plaza in Dallas, November the 22nd, 1963, at 12.01, whatever it was. Um, I have been fascinated with the Kennedy assassination for years. Before the JFK movie, I had books. It it was the fact of seeing that Zapruder film and the fact that I think that was probably in my life the first time I saw an actual person like dying. That that shot. And it yeah. was fascinating. It was, it was fascinating with the fact that you couldn't quite make out what it was. Yeah. Um, the haunting picture of of Jackie Kennedy sort of climbing on the back of the mm. of the of the the limousine for for whatever reason, whether it was to try and get out or grabbing pieces of her husband's brain or whatever they said it was. And then reading some of the books and where every book, I think I read like four or five books in the space of a year. And I actually read the books, Neil, which is amazing. No pictures in it or nothing. I just (laughs) read the book. But every single one had a different theory of what happened that day. And when the JFK movie came, because I'm a big, massive Kevin Costner fan, Mm. I I, I lapped it up. But then when you find out behind the movie, just the kind of, Strokes that Oliver Stone made, which were very broad strokes and mm. had no basis in facts, or he, he amalgamated two or three characters. To Quite make irresponsible, it. really, isn't it? Because yeah. I think people, I mean, there's there's artistic license, but I think you're right that people can will watch that and think, oh, that's what happens. That's mm. exactly yeah. what I thought because because I was a Kevin Costner fan. I felt, well, I'm going to believe everything that Kevin Costner says in this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I'm a Kevin Costner. And then when you look back yeah. and you look into some of the, the facts, some of it was true. Some of it was very misleading, especially some of the court stuff about the magic bullet, where they had, he was in the the, the room and had two of his aides sat in the courtroom saying, well, the bullet went, should would have gone like this and then like that and like this. But they weren't even sat the way that Governor Connolly and... JFK was sat in the they, really? they were, yeah and it's really really weird you look at it and you think my god that's a good point that 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 would have had to zigzag but then if you look at the actual pictures of the guys in the car it would have been a straight mm. it's it's very very but then there are so many things I've always gone with the the version that if Lee Harvey Oswald was in the sixth floor of the Texas school book depository why does he not take a shot when Kennedy is coming right towards the building why wait until he's turned the corner and on his way away from the building to then take your shot? It makes no sense. Because if I think they mention it in the JFK movie. If you take a shot when the car's coming towards you, even if they speed up, you can take another couple of shots. Mm-hmm. So the only reason that it's there is because it's, and as they say in the movie, the triangulation of crossfire. 
if you've got two or three shooters, there would have been someone up on there, but there would be some in the grassy knoll, someone up on the bridge. Right. It, it's yeah. a perfect shoot to have three, like, mm. and the fact that people heard six, seven, maybe eight shots. Yeah. Um, so to be, to be able to stand there, knowing what's going to happen, and like you say, not necessarily look at uh, Kennedy's head being blown off, but look at the, at the grassy knoll, yeah. look over at the bridge, look up in those split seconds and you could tell whether there's somebody there yeah. that's that would be one thing i would love if there was some kind of document hidden away somewhere in the in the, the, well, the didn't script. they say at the end of oliver stone's movie that they got <laughs> these documents that were going to be released in such and such and it's well gone and these documents haven't materialized yeah, there's, there are. I think some documents were released, but every even then, things on the doc documents are redacted, so they're all just right. covered. They're in all them. in uh, Prince Philip's will, so we'll see them in nine, 90 years. There you go. <laughs> we all just have to keep ourselves fit, ready. In, in like... Yeah, because I'm really, so worth me staying alive for. Yeah. <laughs> <Sally> guys, <laughs> you know, oh, seeing what dear. seeing what Prince Philip <laughs> wrote in his will. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I, fuck I, you. Yeah, thanks for the cash. Be... Yeah. <laughs> something racist i suppose yeah you know. just loads of racist stuff exactly, really <laughs> exactly right we had a few um uh honorable mentions uh amanda facer said 1977 stroke 78 the best time for me was having fun as a little kid plus star wars and greece were films i'll always remember going to see mm. sean robbins said kennedy's assassination to see if there really was a second gunman on the grassy knoll uh, and Peter Wixie said he wants to go back to 1963 to 1989 to be able to watch Doctor Who as they aired. Ah. <laughs> I mean, because he was behind play. the sofa for the. Uh, yeah. for the... Oh, we've spoken about that on a previous podcast. The, the music to that. The absolutely. music. Oh, was, oh my god! Because when I started watching that, it was Tom Baker with this with his eyes, the oh, massive yeah. eyes with the music. Yeah. And it was terrifying. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. So that's it. That's our top tens. Uh, Neil, do you want to give all the information out on how people can get hold of us and subscribe and all of that gubbins? Please? Of course I can. So you can find us on all the social medias at top 10 pods. That's T O P T E N pods. You can email us at top 10 pods at hotmail.com. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods, where you can get rewards such as our episodes, super early bonus episodes, behind the scenes videos, and even a chance to be a guest on your own episode. Get that guys. Yeah. And check out all of our links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please come and subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe and follow on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts from. Wonderful. Uh, Amanda, so what are you uh, working on at the moment? Uh, lots of FOB goodness? Yes, we've got some live shows coming up um, for uh, FOB, for Fingers on Buzzers. So I don't know if this will probably, we've probably done it before this comes out, but we've got a show in Soho on the 20th of October with James Harkin as our guest from No Such Things for Fish. So um, if this does go out after that, you can just listen to it and wish you were there. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I also work, there's a few other shows that I've got coming up. Obviously, Drunk Women Solving Crime. Um, we've got lots of live shows coming up. We've got a couple in Manchester. Um, got a big Christmas one in Leicester Square Theatre on the 6th of December. There's the ongoing London residency as well at the Museum of Comedy. We do a show there once a month. 
And uh, there's another podcast that launched uh, in January. It's called Spit or Swallow. It's about drinking, guys. It's about drinking. Okay, um, yes. <laughs> we've had great guests. We've had um, Jimmy Carr, Sarah Millican, wow. uh, Tom Allen. We've just telling stories about when... Uh, that they they recommend a drink for Sally Ann Hayward and Lou Conran, who were the host to drink along with the guest. Um, and along the way, so they, they assess the drink, they you know talk about the drink, but they also dig out some really funny drunk stories from the guests as well. We encourage people that listen to the show to write in with their own drunk stories. It's a bit of catharsis for everybody, but we've got some live shows coming up in London with that as well. Uh, again, the first one is on the 20th of October. Yes, I'm busy that night. I've got two shows back to back and that's with Shazzy and Mirza. Again, if you don't, if you weren't there, you can listen to it on the podcast and we've got two more live shows with them coming up after that as well. So awesome. yeah. Wow. You're, you're making up for all the uh, time you were just at home doing nothing, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, aren't we, aren't we all? But yeah, just aren't to be... Just, I mean, you guys, you've got your live show coming up in November in as well. November, so, yeah, so that's, you know, I think that's exciting slash very sad, really, because obviously yeah. the, end of it, the end of the year of, you know, the, what, the actual fuck, but it's, you know, but it, that's going to be quite an epic night, isn't it? That's, I hope so, yeah. I'm sure be, it yeah. will be. It should be fun. It should be fun. But it's it's great that you're... Uh, uh, please give our love to, to Lucy and Jenny. Yeah, Always, please. yeah, um, absolutely. And they send it back. I know they do. Oh, so, yeah. Bless, bless. <laughs> so, uh, that's it. Thank you very much, Amanda. It's been oh, thank you to speak to you and to have a chat and have a good old chin wag with you. It's been lovely. That was such fun. I really enjoyed that. Oh, thank you very much. Well, you. if you ever want to come back and we'll find another top 10 that we can do, oh, we'll do I another one. I rate everything from one to ten. So, <laughs> well, we'll find something then. Indeed. Uh, so, thank you, Neil. Thank you very much, Pab. Thank you, Amanda. Yes, thank you, Amanda. Thank uh, you. Let's start the countdown. Ten, nine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.